0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. to be able to stand before you and to minister the word to you this morning. And I've got something that's been stirring on my heart for a little while now. And uh, I specifically asked for this Sunday for a reason. And you're going to find out why here in just a minute. So, but before uh, before we get too much further, I just want to say, Nikki, girl, I know you're behind the wall there, but did she not sing her heart out this morning on Ain't No Grave? Woo! That's one of my best friends right there singing like that. So that was fantastic. You got us charged up and ready to go. And it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. Amen. And that's what that song brought forth today. Some bondage breaking happening in our lives. Amen. Glory to God. Well, before I get started with the message, I have two quick little plugs and announcements that I want to make. If you don't know, I'm also the youth pastor here at the church. And I love it. And I love ministering to your youth. And we have two things happening happening um, currently and something that's getting ready to happen. And so this is just to let the parents of youth know, uh, if you have a 6th through 12th grader, then you have a youth that can come to youth group, which happens every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Highly encourage you to bring your youth to that. Uh, But we have two things happening. And the first is that at the end of this month, we are having a youth conference. We're joining New Creation Church in Glenwood Springs. They are bringing in the Hankins youth pastor. His name is Matt Sharon. He's an awesome guy, awesome minister. And uh, He's going to be ministering to the youth up in New Creation Church, and they've invited our youth group to join them. So, parents, I really want to encourage you to send your youth to this. It's a one night um, event, and all of the information for that is at the Connection Center. So, make sure after service, parents, if you haven't gotten the information, because I've been giving it to the youth, but if you haven't gotten it, check it out. It's at the Connection Center the other announcement that I have for youth group is that we are currently in a series that's always been one of my favorite series, and that's the dating series. And you might say, what does dating have to do with church? Well, it has a lot to do with culture and society. And so the Bible actually has things that it says too about this subject. And uh, we just want to make sure that the youth are hearing it from a godly standpoint, because we know the world is plugging it from a different side, right? And uh, I, I wrote a letter to all of you, parents. So if there's youth parents in here today and you haven't gotten the letter yet, go to the Connection Center. This letter is very important uh, because it explains to you a little bit about what we're going to be talking about in the upcoming weeks in the dating series. And I feel like the Lord really impressed upon me this year that this dating series, it just means a little bit more because again, the enemy's not holding back in some issues and in some topics. And uh, we got to stand our ground as a church. And uh, if you parents aren't talking to your youth about it, well, where are they getting it from? You know, because there is a voice that's very loud, and that influence is out there. And uh, I just, I felt like the Lord, the, the kind of my heart in the dating series this year is this, and it's that we are not. I'm not, as a youth pastor, trying to expose your youth to anything, right? There's enough exposure already out there. But what I do want to do is I want to expose the lies of the enemy concerning dating, and sex, and purity, and all of those things. And um, to do that, we have to talk about a couple things that maybe you wouldn't normally talk about in a youth group setting. But like I said, if your youth are watching TikTok, if they have Netflix, then guess what? They are seeing and hearing things and have already been exposed to some things. So I want to expose those lies for what they are and where true happiness can be found, right? So that's just a little plug, parents um, of youth. So read that letter. Please read that letter so that I don't get a letter from you <laughs> in a couple of weeks. Um, in fact, after last year's dating series, I had some youth tell me, can you, can you like talk a little bit more about certain things? And I was like, oh, <laughs> sure. But you know, honestly, they wanna know. They wanna know. And the world's telling them what's okay and they know it's not okay. So they need to know why it's not okay. And they need to know that God's way truly is the best way. So, I mean, they're gonna get a little red. I get a little red too sometimes in the dating series. <laughs> but like I said, they, they want to know what the word of God has to say about it. And the enemy doesn't own sex. God is the one who created it, right? And so um, I say that word a lot in the dating series. And every time the youth get a little bit more like they flinch. But, uh, but they're seeing it, right? They're seeing it almost every day they see it on some social media platform or on TV, so it's time for the church to not hold back in some of these things too. So I'm done talking about sex. Everyone say, praise the Lord. All right, okay. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. I am so excited about today's topic. I'm excited about what God's doing in the church. I'm excited about our future. I'm excited because the Bible says we win. We win. At the end of everything, we're the ones standing on the sidelines looking down at the devil saying, really, you? This is the guy who caused the nations to tremble, who caused the wars to take place, who caused me to lose sleep from fear. This is the guy. We win. We win. But there are some things that we need to make sure that we are taking a stand in until we get to that day. That day's coming. And now I'm going to be so excited to be standing. All of us, Church, Faith Heights Church family, we're going to be standing right there in our little section just being like, woohoo, right? right? But before that day comes, we got some ground to take on this earth. So in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, it says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So who in here is going to be watching the Super Bowl today? Anyone? Anyone? It's okay. You can raise your hand. I'm going to be watching the Super Bowl today. All right. Do we have any Rams fans in here? A couple of Rams fans? Yeah. Do we have any Chiefs fans? Oh, wait, just kidding. Chiefs didn't make it in. So Bengal fans. Do we have any Bengal fans? All right. So I had to do that. I'm not a Chiefs fan. So I had to just throw that in there. If you are, I'm sorry. Again, no letters after this, please. But, So um, I, I really enjoy sports. I'm the competitive person. If you've been coming to this church for any amount of time, Somewhere down the line, you've probably heard or seen my competitive side. So um, I'm very competitive. We have it on film of a youth one time talking about how competitive I was at a camp as a leader. I I got a little overly excited about a game, and I might have yelled at some youth that were from another youth group because. I wanted to win and they were not helping the team. And so I'm just competitive. I, I, I can watch football. Um, volleyball was my favorite sport to play in. But I mean, I just, I'm a sports person. I really am. So don't, I'm not a cheerleader. Ugh, sorry, cheerleaders. I just, that was, I wanted to be in the game. I didn't want to sit on the sidelines. That's just the kind of personality that I am. So watching sports um, is just super fun for me, and uh, which is a good thing because my husband really likes to watch sports. So it's a good thing that I enjoy it as well, or I would be miserable every Sunday afternoon. But I'm not because I enjoy sports. Um, I really enjoy football. I'm going to brag just for a second on myself for the last two years. I've won, unfortunately not the championship in our fantasy football league, but I've at least won for the season and I've come in third. So see, I know what I'm doing a little bit here with my with my football. You can talk to me about players and I'll, I can talk back about the players and all that stuff. Um, I, I yell at refs on the TV. I'm one of those people. I once got so excited in a game, I was sitting on a couch and I stood on the couch and raised my hands and the fan was right up there and got my hand, and so that hurt. Um, I like sports. And so today, you're getting a message where it's going to revolve around football. Sound good? So it's Super Bowl Sunday. Why not, right? Because we're already kind of thinking about it. But I'm going to tell you, if you're in here, and you're like, "Wow." That is so not me. I could care less about sports, Ashton. Uh, (laughs) I don't like football. Don't don't talk to me about that. Well, the good news is, is that even if you don't like sports, the message today that's coming forth, it is gonna change your life. And it is gonna change your perspective if you let it. And so don't get hung up on the metaphors of the football, but take to heart what the word of God is saying and what the Lord is saying through me today, amen? All right. So, you say all that and we read Matthew 16:18. So, today I want to talk about how we're on the offense. We are on the offense. We I think humans by default, we fall into a defensive stance. We get defensive about the things that are trying to come against us. and uh, But that's not who we're called to be. As Christians and as the church, we are on the offense. And that scripture says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And I think so many times when we read that, we look at it as like, the enemy is like coming at us and we're going like this a little bit. They're not gonna prevail. They're not gonna prevail. No, 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 no. It's us going... Gates of hell, get back, get back. You're not prevailing on our turf anymore. You're not prevailing in the high schools anymore with depression. You're not prevailing in our political scene anymore. No, 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 we're the church and we're the ones that take ground, amen? That's what the scripture is saying. The very next scripture talks about he's given us the keys. We got the ball, people. It's our job to live this life with the mentality that we are on the offense that we've got this. It is not the enemy who's taking ground, not on our watch. Amen? Amen. We're the ones who hold the line. We're the ones who progress. We're the ones who advance. The word offensive, so not offensive is like you're offended about being on the offense, right? We're the ones with the ball. We're on the offense. It means making an attack designed for attack, attempt to score a team in possession of the ball, an onset, a raid, a rush, and a strike. That is the church of the Most High God. We are the one that's raiding the enemy's territory. We're the ones who's making an attack on what the devil's trying to do in our society, amen? But we gotta understand our position and we've got to use our position. Like I said, by default, we as Christians, because of our human nature, kind of go into that defensive stance, and that's not our role. The enemy wants us to think that that's our role, and that we're just holding out until Jesus comes back, right? Because there's a scripture that says that this world's going to grow darker, Right? And I think because of that scripture, we get that mindset of like, well, there's just nothing we can do. It's just gonna get darker and darker. So what are we doing? We're just looking up because our redemption draws nigh. That's not how we are supposed to operate in this life. And if we find ourselves getting into the place where we're like, oh, Jesus, just come back. I'm just looking up because I know that redemption, it's coming. Well, then you're not doing why you, what you were called to do and why we're still here you have a purpose and you have a plan and you have a calling. If you didn't, we would go to heaven as soon as we got saved. But we've got a job to do. We gotta take some ground and we gotta stop letting the enemy take ground, amen? In marriages, like I said, we're doing the dating series with the youth and now it's over 50%. It's over now, 50% of marriages end in divorce. And the statistic does not change for the Christian. It's time for us to take some ground back, amen. It's time for this to happen. Um, so they're going to put up a little slide real quick, and this is just a diagram of um, a football play. Yes, Ashton, you you understand that, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So so there's X's and there's O's. So the O's, that's the offense. Okay. And we're going to talk about a position right now. See those see those six. O's that are in a line right there? That's the offensive line. this is a very, very, very important group of guys right there. And why is that? Because the quarterback doesn't have those guys right there. He's got no protection. He's not gonna do any good throwing that ball, passing that ball, they're not gonna score if they don't got a good offensive line. And you see that, you see teams, if you watch football, teams where the quarterback just keeps getting hit and hit, it's like, where's the offensive line? So church today, we're the offensive line. That's, that's how I want you to see yourself right now. So they're gonna put a different slide up now. And uh, this is how it looks. So if that doesn't make sense to you, here's, here's one that should make sense to you. All right, see the guy with the ball and all those guys lined up? That's the offensive line. Now their stance almost looks similar to the defense, right? And again, I think this is where sometimes we get, we think we're on the defense, but they're on the offense, but they're holding that line. Think of it from a military standpoint, holding the line, right? Not letting the enemy come back. It's our job to make sure that the ball, the gospel of Jesus Christ gets out to the world. And the way we do that is by the church holding that offensive line. It is time for us to put our game faces on and to be the church that says, we got this. We are coming. The offensive line, they may look similar, but their goals are totally different. The one with the ball, they're advancing. Their goal is to advance. They may be pushing back against some of the defense, but their whole purpose is to get that ball down the field. And so it's time for us as a church to remember what our purpose is and what our job is, and that we get that gospel to this world. Amen? So how do we do this? Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. How do we do this? So there's just a few things in our playbook today that we're going to talk about. The Bible. And the first thing is that games are won and lost in the mind. So again, my husband likes sports. Sports. He also likes sports documentaries. So I've been watching those with him because I, I actually enjoy it. It's not, it's not a burden for me to watch those things. I enjoy it. And you know, I'd rather watch things like that than the junk that's out on TV, a lot of that stuff. So, so we've been watching some documentaries. And I remember one time watching a documentary of Peyton Manning. And he talked about the things that he would do over and over and over again. You know, it's not the most talented. If you watch any of those sports documentaries, they will all tell you it's not the most talented that's gonna last the longest in the leagues. It's the ones that are the most dedicated and the most disciplined. The ones who go in early and leave late to every practice. The ones that sit and watch more film of previous games more than anyone else. Because talent comes and goes, right? but it's that persistence that gets you to that end result. I heard a quote, I really liked it, and it's that persistence will outweigh resistance. Persistence is what's gonna, it it will wear down resistance. We have to be persistent. We have to be persistent, because that resistance is there, but our persistence can overturn that resistance. And so, and a lot of it's gonna come from here, guys. Games are won and lost in the mind. You can see it, any type of sport, you can see it when like the mentality of the team shifts. They call it the momentum. You can see when a team all of a sudden has gotten defeated before the game's even over. Why? Because in their minds, they're done, all right? Or you can see the teams that are excited and know we got this. Why? It all happens here. And what happens here truly does affect how your body performs after that. In 2 Corinthians 10 verses three through five, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We've got to watch our thoughts. We've got to think how God tells us to think. We need to think God's thoughts. And if we are constantly having the world before us, then we are not gonna be thinking in line with the word of God. I am seeing it more and more in the days that we're living in. Christians, word of faith Christians who've been a part of this camp for 20, 30 years, all of a sudden because of social media, it's like they've totally forgotten how important it is what you put in front of you. For so long, we had the word, right? We had the word. We didn't have a lot of distractions when it came to social media. We didn't have social media. Thank the Lord we didn't have social media when I was in school. <laughs> I'm glad for that. But we, it was easier to have the word before us, right? It was easier. Well, now it's not as easy. And it is so obvious, Christians who are operating like they're on the defense because of everything that they're putting before them, it makes them think that they're on the defense. You can see it in the way they talk about things going on in the world. You can see it in what they're posting on social media, whether it's them personally or, or you know, they're posting videos from other sources or things like that. It's just, again, so easy to default to the defense. And it's what the enemy wants us to think is that we're on the defense, that he's the one gaining ground. And so we've got to watch what we're thinking and we gotta take every thought captive and filter it through the word of God. What does the word say about this? What does the word say about this? And it's something you are going to have to do every single day until you see Jesus. You are gonna have to take thoughts captive and you're gonna have to subject them and make sure that they are obedient to the word, to Jesus, amen? So games are won and lost in the mind. Um, Numbers 13, I did not give you this scripture in the back. Numbers 13, The Lord gave this to me on the fly this morning during worship. So Numbers 13, there's a story of the Israelites getting ready to take some land, right? They're on the offense. The Lord has said, see this land, I've given it to you. This is your land. It's time for you to go and take it. They were on the offense, right? And so Moses said, let's get some scouts out there and to kind of... To see what's out there, right? So there's the 12 spies. You guys remember the story? The 12 spies. Now they're on the offense. God has already given them the word that this land belongs to them. Yeah. It's a done deal. And again, you think about what the Lord had just brought the Israelites through Egypt, bondage, the Red Sea, you know, all of those things. The Lord has done some pretty incredible things for the Israelites up to this point. And so they've got the word of God saying, it's time to go and take this land. This land is yours, take it. So Moses sends out the 12 spies, 10 come back. And what did they do after they saw some things? They got on the defense. They got on the defense mentally and said, oh, we can't take that land. There's giants in the land. All, here in Numbers 13, 33, it says that the 10 spies said this. It says that we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sight. All of a sudden, they went out there on the offense like, yep, we're going to spy out our land. This is ours. God's given it to us. And they came back in a totally different mindset and said, nope, just kidding. We are on the defense now. We are grasshoppers in their sight. And I'm sure they see us like that in their sight. They didn't know that for sure. I don't think they talked to those giants, right? But how they saw themselves, they just assumed everyone else saw them like that too. Ooh, that'll preach. How you see yourself, right? So if the church sees themselves on the defense, what's the world going to see? They need to see us on the offense. They need to see us with the mentality of we got this. Why? Because the greater one's on the inside of us. Why? Because we got the ball. We got the most important thing that the world needs. Why? Because we know the end result. We know at the end of this game, we win, right? But you know what, I don't wanna just be losing the first quarter, and the second quarter, and the third quarter, until right up to the last end of the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden, woo, we win the game at the end. I want to be winning in the first quarter of my life, in the second quarter. I want at halftime to be doing already some victory dances over the enemy, right? I don't want to wait till the end of this thing before we say, woo, we won. No, we need to be taking some ground. So we need to watch how we see ourselves. As a church, we need to watch how we see ourselves, and we need to see ourselves like we've got the answer. Why? Because we do. We've been given the keys of the kingdom. The Bible says whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We have authority. And it's time for us to remember to use that authority in the world that we're living in. COVID, we got authority over COVID. Do you know we have authority over the political scene? We sure do. So why are we acting like we're on the defense? We're on the offense, church. We got the name of Jesus. We got power, and it's like what Randall Greer was talking about when he was here, about what he saw in the Supreme Court. We've got prayer, guys. We've got the ability to make some changes, but we gotta see ourselves like the church. I was talking um, to Dominic about a year and a half ago. We were at the Spiritual Sons Conference at Mark and Trina Hankins Church. And Trina was talking and she was kind of talking about, you know, like what is some of the greatest um, job corporate, like what are some of the largest job corporations on the earth? Um, you know, there's like Google and there's some, there's some big corporations out there, right? that have a lot of people. And as she was talking about that, I just remember like the Lord just put it on the inside of me, the church is the largest corporation on the earth. We are the greatest force on this earth. And you look at Amazon, Google, things that affect us every day, multiple times a day. And yet we're larger than all of those corporations. It's time for us to utilize what we've been given. As a global church, we should be infiltrating people's daily lives. They should be seeing Jesus daily in their lives. Multiple times a day, they should see the love of God in demonstration. They need to be seeing the church because we are the largest force that this world has ever seen. And it's time for us to start acting like it and then start by us seeing ourselves like that, amen? It's time for us to get, get a mindset of that we are the church and what that means. All right, I've said it already, but I'm gonna say it again. We need to remember we've got the ball, you guys. We've got the answers. We have the answers. We've got the peace. We've got that joy, that unspeakable joy. All right, we've got these things, and it's time for us to stop being a consumer Christian only, where we just consume the word for ourselves, and you know, it's time for us to be sharing that with people. It is time for us to be spreading the gospel to this world. I said this, I think, the last time I preached, but if we would just put the gospel on our social media page as much as we post pictures of our families, we'd be doing something. We'd be getting the word out there, right? Getting the gospel out there. It's time for us to remember we have the answers. And again, if you're operating with a defensive mentality then you're gonna kinda go inside yourself and forget that you're the one who's supposed to share with others the answer. This takes a little bit of accountability, why? Because we have to start living like we got the answer. It's time for the church to rise out of depression. It's time for the church to have strong marriages. It's time for the church to rise up in the area of healing and health, amen? It's time for the church to not be afraid. We gotta get these things taken care of. Why? Because we've got the ball and we need to share it with people. We need to share the love of God. And that doesn't mean you have to be perfect. Praise the Lord, we don't have to be perfect, right? I'm thankful for that. But it's time for us to start walking. Like, I can help you. I know someone who's got your answer. I know someone who's got what you need. And let me tell you about them. And it might be at the line in the grocery store. And it might be when you're picking up your kids from school, talking to another parent. And it might be at the gas station when you're pumping gas and there's a person standing on the other side of you. We've got to be the church. We've got to be the church. We've got to share the gospel with everyone. God gave it to us. He gave us the keys. He gave us everything that we need to be effective ministers in the days that we're living in. Utilize it, do it. Don't consume the word just for yourself and for your family. Share it, share it with your coworkers. If you have coworkers and you've worked there for a long time and they still don't know that you're a Christian, something's wrong. They need to know that you believe in Jesus. Hopefully they're seeing that love come forth in your workplace too from you. Again, not saying we have to be perfect, but it's just time for us, again, we need to start taking that offensive stance. We need to just get down and be like, I got this today. I'm gonna do this today. We're gonna wake up and say, devil, uh uh-uh, you're not getting any ground in my kids today. You're not getting any ground in my finances today. You're not getting any ground in my kids' school today. Cause why? Cause I'm here. Cause I'm here and I got the keys. And I've been given the authority and I got the name of Jesus. And you need to teach this to your kids too so that they walk down the halls of their school saying, I got the answer. If any kid needs, needs help today, God's gonna direct them to me. Why? Because I got the answer. And your kids may say, but I don't got the answer. But you got the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will give you the answer the second you need it. The second you need it, it will be there. The grace will be there. But it's time for us to start living like we're the church amen all right keep an eye on the defensive line so a good quarterback is keeping an eye on the defense why because we've seen it many times if you watch football or all of a sudden a quarterback will call a timeout right before he's getting ready to snap the ball why because he saw the defense change something up and he didn't like what he saw Christians keep an eye on the defense who's the defense it's the enemy keep an eye on him keep an eye on him what's he doing What's he talking to your kids about? What's he trying to influence you about, right? Is he trying to slip some things in under the radar? Keep an eye on the defense. We're stronger than him, we're bigger than him, we've got power over him, we have authority over him, but you gotta keep an eye on him. Because this is how he gets in unawares, he's subtle. You guys, we know his tactics. Just look at him in the garden with Eve. He's he's we know all of his plays. We we've seen everything that he can do and guess what he doesn't change. He started out as a deceiver and in revelations they still call him a deceiver. That's what he does. That's how he operates. It's his MO. But you got to keep an eye for it. Why? Because he is cunning, the Bible says, and he's subtle. This is what God calls him. He's smart, you guys. He is the god of this earth. So he knows how to operate in this earth and he knows how to try to get in unawares. So you just keep an eye on him. And you know his main, the main way that he tries to get in, it's really his only way of getting in, is by thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. If he can throw a thought your way or an idea your way, or just a little suggestion your way, that's why you take every thought captive because he throws that in, Every affair starts with a thought, an idea, or a suggestion. Every time. He doesn't change, guys. So all we gotta do is just keep, keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on what's happening in your homes. We, uh, our son, he, uh, oh, praise the Lord for my son. <laughs> I, I told the Lord, I said, I think I think I needed a little more grace a couple days ago. (laughs) I just wasn't feeling quite enough grace to be a mother to my son a couple days ago. (laughs) Because he just I was like, I told a friend, I'm like, he pushed every button I had and some I didn't even know I had. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You know, I DJ and I were talking and I was like, we are we are training that sin nature out of him right now. That's the thing about toddlers. We don't call it terrible twos. I don't believe in terrible twos. All's it is, he's just at a stage where, again, this is what's really cool. If you start looking at things from the Bible and from God's perspective, all's it is, is he's at a stage where his sin nature, right? It's the loudest voice that he has right now, that flesh, right? So he, this, this morning on the way to church, I got my kid a Starbucks, no judgment. I got my kid a Starbucks. Got him a little kid's Starbucks. And he saw it and he wanted it, but he had a banana in his hand and I was like, finish your banana and then I'll, gi- I'll give you the Starbucks. All of a sudden he's like, mom. And I turn around and I'm like, the banana's amazingly gone. <laughs> but his mouth is empty. I'm like, okay. So I look in the little cup holder, he would shoved the banana. In the cup holder, right? What is that? That's just his sin nature. It's just his flesh. It's just the loudest voice that he has right now. And so we just got to train, train him up in that, right? I don't even know why I started talking about my son. Probably just because I love him so much. And <laughs> but we have to make sure. I really don't remember why I brought that up. If anyone remembers, please feel free to tell me. But if not, I'm just going to keep moving along. We just, we've got an enemy that's going to try to get in with thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. And he's gonna to try to get our flesh to do things that we know we shouldn't do, just like my son does things every day, and he knows he shouldn't do it, right? But I'm training him on how to keep his flesh under, and then this day's gonna come where he's gonna reach this age of accountability, or then I show him. Not only is it about keeping your flesh under, but it's allowing your spirit man to be in charge. And so we're just in this stage with him that he just, we're gonna cross over to that soon where he's gonna start understanding those differences. But for us, we understand those differences. So we need to be on guard for the lies of the enemy that says this is better than what the word says or says we should respond this way even though the word says this is not how we respond to things, right? Keep an eye, keep an eye out on the enemy. Keep an eye on his tactics. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2.11, I'll just read this real quick. It says, lest Satan should take advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. He has strategies. We know what they are. Don't be ignorant of that. Don't be ignorant of what he's doing in your home, in your thought life, right? In your kids' lives. Don't be ignorant of that, guys. Don't be ignorant of it. Be on the offense, right? on the offense oh yeah now I remember so my son likes to watch shows what kid doesn't but there's this show right now that he somehow found and you would think just because Donald Duck is in it that it would be a good show and it's not a good show right? and it's just not a good show and no matter how many times we tell him not to choose it all of a sudden we hear the theme song of that show starting and you know what? And, it's, and it seems right now like, oh my goodness. Keep telling him, Judah, you can't watch this show. You can't watch this show. You can't watch this show. But you know what? I'm not ignorant of the enemy's strategies. Do you know he can use cartoons? He can use cartoons. He can use Disney+. Is he using Netflix right now? Absolutely. Parents, if you are not monitoring Netflix, just do it. Just monitor what your kids are watching, right? He... Thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. It can happen at such a young age where he tries to start infiltrating and try to start getting in. So parents, you gotta be on guard. You gotta be on guard for what your kids are watching, who they're friends with, who they're hanging out with. Gotta be on guard, amen? All right, wrapping it up here. All right, last point. Church, it's time to get your game face on. It's time to get your game face on. We don't got time to waste, Time is going quicker than it has ever gone before. Don't ask me how, but it's the truth. I don't, I don't know but how it's possible, but I really do believe time has sped up somehow. I do. And the thing about it is, is that we have a job to do and we have a game to win and there are souls to still be saved. And if we're gonna do that, it's time to get your game face on. That means no more victim mentality, right? That means no more laziness in the body of Christ, We got a job to do, it's time to get disciplined with our time in the word every day. It's time to get disciplined with our church attendance. It's time to get disciplined in our confession. It's time to get disciplined in our prayer life. And it's time to get our game face on because the enemy is trying to win this thing. He's trying to win in your marriage. He's trying to win over your kids. He's trying to win in our nation right now. So it's time for the church to get their game face on. All right, how do we do that? Last scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4:13. It's about an attitude, people. We got to get an attitude. And how do we do this? 2 Corinthians 4:13 says, "We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe and therefore I have spoken; we also believe and therefore speak." It's about an attitude of faith. We gotta wake up every morning saying we're going into this game with the attitude of we're gonna win. We are going to win this game today. I'm gonna win. We have to have that attitude. And whatever we gotta do to get ourselves ready and pumped up for the game, then we do it. When I would play volleyball or basketball, um, I got some of my teammates here sitting on the front row, woo woo, back in the good old days. No, but when we would go, there was always, there was this team that we would play in Montrose. I won't say the name of the team, but there was this team we used to play in Montrose and they intimidated me personally. And I, it, it's a really interesting thing. There's something about home games, guys, because when we would go there, I'd be very intimidated about playing there against this team. And it's like, I would go in there and you'd watch them like doing all their practices and you'd start as a team doing their practice. You can almost tell before a game even starts who's gonna win. Why? It's the attitude that the players have when they get on that field. But there's something about a home game Right? When you're at home and it's your family cheering you on, and it's the music you decided to play to warm up, and all of these things that gets you like pumped up for it, right? Well, that's what players do when they go out on the field. And, and football players, you think it's excessive, but they're yelling and you know doing all this stuff when they get announced and come out on the field. What are they doing? They're getting their game face on. They're getting their game face on. And they're trying to intimidate the other team. Because again, it's, games can be won and lost in the mind. So we gotta wake up every day and say, I'm intimidating the devil today. I'm waking up and I'm putting on my game face. How do we do that? We get in the word, we get prayed up, right? We make sure that we've done the things that we need to do to have a successful day in the natural too. It's It's the supernatural and the natural things, right? That's gonna help us to be successful. But we gotta wake up and have that spirit of faith, have the mentality that today, nothing is gonna shake me no matter what happens today, nothing is gonna cause me to say something out of line with the word of God or against what I'm believing. No matter what your teenager does, you're gonna watch your mouth, right? Why? Because you're gonna put your game face on and say, nope, devil, I'm not gonna be intimidated by what my youth just told me or what I saw them text someone else on their phone. Nope, I'm gonna have the same spirit of faith, right? That says, my child will live according to the word of God. All right? It's, it's time to get, get our game face on. The attitude of faith comes from knowing God's promises. So you got to know what God has promised you. You got to know what promises are in the word of God. That's how you can have that attitude, because you already know his promises. You already know what he has spoken to you, amen? It's an attitude in your heart that's expressed through your mouth, all right? So to get your game face on, you're going to have to do some speaking, all Right. You might have to do some growling at the devil. It, whatever you gotta do, you gotta, you might have to do some praising in the morning. Whatever it is, something's gotta come out of your mouth. All right? You gotta start your day off positive. I think it was Smith Willsworth said when he would get out of bed, he would like dance first thing in the morning. Man, I remember once when I was single, I tried that one time after hearing that. I think Mark Hankins or someone had shared it. And uh, it's like, first thing you do when you get out of bed, just dance in the Holy Ghost. That's not always easy, guys. But you know what? If you gotta get your game face on, then you gotta do it, right? Whatever the Holy Ghost is telling you to do, you gotta do. It's about being disciplined, right? Again, it's not about feelings. It's not about, you know, who's the most talented or things like that. No, it's just about who's persistent, who's disciplined, who's willing to say, I am gonna take some of the enemy's ground today. He is not taking any ground from me today. That's the mentality that you have to have saying, what area in Grand Junction, Colorado, can I infiltrate the enemy's territory today? Through prayer, through sharing the gospel, through walking in love, where can I do that? That's how we have to live every day. The attitude of faith looks at impossible situations the same way God does. How does God see impossible situations? As possible, amen? Every situation is possible, We are on the winning side. We always have the ball. We always have the ball. We are always on the winning side, which means we are always on the offense. So it is time for the church to rise up and start acting like they're on the offense, to start strutting like they're on the offense, right? We're not like this, church. No, we're like this. We need to have an attitude of faith that says, devil, you ain't got nothing on me today. You ain't got nothing on my family today. I'm not, I'm not even afraid to say that. Do your worst. You know what his worst is? Nothing in comparison to the authority you have in a believer, as a believer. It's nothing compared to the name of Jesus. He can't touch you unless you let him. So it's time, church, to take the offensive line. It is time for us to stand up. And it's time for us to do the work that God has called us to do as the body of Christ. And if we do that, we will take ground back from the enemy. The enemy's trying to get in right now in a lot of different areas. It started out subtle and it's not subtle anymore. It's not subtle anymore. Some of the stuff we're talking about in the dating series, it used to be things that I would barely touch on in years past and now... Guys, it's everywhere. I asked my youth on Wednesday night, how many of you have been asked out by someone of the same sex in in school? Do you know a handful of them said yes? It's not subtle anymore, guys. The enemy is talking loud. He's talking loud, right? He's trying, but we're the church. We're the church. And so it's time for us to start acting like we're the church. So I just want to encourage you guys every day, every day, you wake up and say, I'm on the offense. I got the ball. I'm going to help someone today. I'm not letting the enemy get ground in my life today. I'm not letting the enemy get ground in my marriage today. I'm not letting the enemy get ground in my kids' lives today. It's not happening. I'm on the offense. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the donate tab.